It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I'm John Schmelk. He's Paul Dottino. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. Apologies for the late start. Totally on me. Didn't think I was hosting today. I was out on the practice field watching rookie minicamp, and Dom, our producer, called me and said, Schmelk, where are you? I said, I'm at practice. I'm like, he was like, well, where are you? I'm like, are you coming in? I go, no, I'm not coming in. He's like, well, but Paul's waiting for you. I go, oh. It's okay. Uh, you know, I, I watched the first Whoops. 20 minutes or whatever myself, and then I realized I had to come in and be honest with you, John. By the time I came in, they had just started doing some individuals, and there was nothing much to learn. No, it's know. just nice to be out there. I just wanted to be out on the field. I know. Well, and it's lined and numbered, yeah, and nice. man, does it make me feel good. Yeah, me too. And it's good to see the guys out there, and you get a chance to see the rookies on the practice field uh, for the first time, which is always good. So we'll get to your calls here at 201-939-4513. I will still cut off at one. 30 because they do have locker room after practice. We want to make sure our press conferences, we want to make sure we get out to that. So it'll be a little shorter today. Uh, and we'll talk about rookie minicamp. I'll get Paul's takes on some of the UDFAs that the Giants have announced that they've signed. We can't talk about those guys now, luckily. Uh, <laughs> but for now, I think the big news came down last night, Paul, or late yesterday afternoon, uh, that the Giants agreed to terms on an extension with, with Dexter Lawrence. Uh, very similar to the contracts we've seen from the other big defensive tackles that have signed, Deron Payne and Jeffrey Simmons. You guys mm-hmm. can go find the the terms online. But good deal for Dexter, good deal for the Giants. I don't think any of us are surprised they're able to figure out a way to get that done. Uh, but I think based on what the market was, is exactly what you thought it was going to be. And it's an extension. So now he's under contract for five years in addition to the one year this year. You bring his one-year cap number down. You check all the boxes. I think it's a huge win for everybody. One less headache. Yep. Something that Joe Shane has been trying to do now for at least a month or so. Told us that uh, they were talking. Uh, we knew Dexter wanted to stay. In you know, quite honestly, look, I don't know how much difficulty they had with these negotiations, but it certainly didn't seem like there was any. He wanted to be here. The Giants wanted him here. They knew what the market number was. Okay, guys, this is what it is. Boom, let's do it. Done. Pretty simple. Yeah, and look, Dexter Lawrence was the best player on the Giants' defense last year. You could argue he was the best player on the Giants last year, depending on what you thought of Andrew Thomas and you know, on the offensive side of the ball. He was that impactful. They do not beat the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs without Dexter Lawrence. And he got better as the year went along, to be quite honest with you. You know, he worked with the Giants, you know, um, defensive line coach Andre Patterson. Uh, really improved his technique using his hands, using his length, combined mm-hmm. with his physical attributes. Checks every box you want. Uh, he's a good dude as well. Great in the locker room. It's good to have him for a long time here, Paul, and he's going to be one of the foundational building blocks of this defense as they try to improve it now over the years. I remember talking to Carl Banks last spring, and Carl said to me, looks like Dexter's put on some pounds. And I said, well, let me check with him. And Dexter told me he had put on 10 pounds at that time. And Carl said, I think he's going to play more nose tackle. I think they're going to move his position. They're going to move him more. And Wink did just that. Wink got here. Remember, he told us. Mm -hmm. He went up to Dexter and he said, look, under my watch, you're going to be all pro. That's it. 
you're, you're going to be an all pro. That's it. And, and if you're not an all pro, then I did something wrong. This was a case where scheme and fit because of Wink's ability to identify where he needed to be to max out, he became a great player. Um, again, no knock on the other coaches who was here, were here before, but clearly they did not find the perfect fit for Dexter. And Wink has done that, and that's why he is who he is. Yeah, and now you take a look at the kind of the next guys down, down the road here. You have the Saquon contract at some point. Joe Shane is going to reconvene with Saquon's people. He hadn't done it as of Thursday morning when he spoke to Good Morning Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot in the interview, by the way, for us to really talk about. Um, you have Andrew Thomas. Now, he's got two years left because they just picked up his fifth-year option, which Correct. is the you know, least surprising thing of all time. And <laughs> so they got two years left on him. They only have one year left on Xavier McKinney. Right. And those are kind of the three guys I think you kind of keep an eye on as to who might be next. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what? Again, I think Joe Shane is very comfortable where they're at. I was mentioning in the lunchroom earlier today, John, when we were sitting down, you know, he's been able to get the team to this point without touching Leonard Williams' deal. And, you know, there's no reason for him to right now because they don't have to. They've acquired 11 free agents. They've re-signed the key guys they wanted to re-sign. They've got Barkley under the tag. They've got their rookie draft picks in, although they're not signed yet. I mean... Maybe they will just allow Leonard Williams to play out uh, on his number now. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, c- can you just add void years to a contract like that? Is that something you can just do if you need to move some money down the road? I think I think you can. You When you do, you make the bonus conversion. I think you can give him, quote, a fake extension. If that's Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. Like, you don't I think have they to do, could. Right. I think they could. But you know what? At this point... They've done everything they've needed to do right. without doing anything with should, him. And now with the Dexter deal, you hopefully have enough money to sign the draft class. But right. you probably still don't have enough money to get through the year in terms of all the stuff you're going to do with cuts and practice squad and all that stuff. So maybe a little more work down the road. But again, if maybe. you sign one of these other guys to a long-term deal, then maybe you can get the cap number down, and then that'll mm-hmm. take care of your money for the rest of the season. Yep. Yep. I think I think right now Joe Shane is – I don't want to say he's on cruise control, but – because he, he's worked extremely hard to get this team in the shape that it's in. But as far as I can tell, John, it's all gone pretty smoothly, pretty much exactly how he laid it out. The blueprint has has just fallen perfectly for him. I mean, I think if he was, you know... I mean, Saquon would be signed with dot, dot the last T, correct. or dot the last I and cross you, the last T. You took the words out of my mouth. That's but, exactly but, what I was going to But say. still, the fact that you got him on the one-year tag and basically he's handcuffed... How could you complain? And I think that if they could, you know, do this perfectly, I think Julian Love would still be here too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what number that would have been exactly, and how that might have impacted some of the other things that they did. No, me neither. But you know what? I've said this before. Love was the guy of all the free agents they had going into the all season. He was the one most expendable because I thought the Giants had young, capable guys at the safety spot. Maybe not necessarily as dynamic as Julian Love, as smart as he is, as versatile as he is, but I've always thought the Giants could cover that hole up with the guys that they have. And I know, I know this. They think very highly of Belton's potential. They They think his ceiling is really up there. So we'll see. 
Absolutely. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Uh, we have two calls in the line already. You guys want to get on? We have one open line. We'll get to your calls in a second. But we should get to the, the undrafted free agent rookie class, Paul. Your thoughts on, yeah. on some of the guys that the Giants brought in, not just for tryouts, but guys that they actually have signed the contracts. Well, 73 guys are here today. Uh, posted it before on Twitter. Five guys are veteran tryouts. None of the names will necessarily excite you from that group. And then there's a bunch of guys from last year like Corbin and Thornton and Polk who were also, they were 2022 practice squad guys. Pimpleton is here Yes, too. they're allowed to be here on the, uh, on the, for the 23 mini camp. Um, basically, we did not see a whole lot before we had to start the show. They're not going to do a whole lot today. Let's not kid ourselves. Or tomorrow for that. Yeah, but, but here's what I will tell you. Ford Wheaton looks every single inch of his measurables. Yeah, he looks the part. He absolutely does. Uh, he looks thick. He's tall. He just has a tremendous physical build. He could excite somebody just by looking at him on the field in in uniform. I think Riley, the Oregon defensive tackle that the Giants took in the draft on day three, is a big man. I mean, I, I, I that's why they picked him in the seventh round. He practically blocked out the sun when he came out after the field. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put him in the Sean Rogers no, well, human eclipse category. but Yeah, yes. that's true. You're right. Sean Rogers was probably 350. Oh, 350? Yeah, it could have been more. He was pushing 375, dude. Uh, you know, Wiley's only 338 right now, but he's, he's a very big dude for sure. But those are the two guys right away, just from their physical stature as they were in pads on the field. You couldn't help but notice them, you know. Um, other than that, you know, I'm, Tommy DeVito's here. We've, we've known about the reports for the last several years or last several days. The Don Bosco prep quarterback went to Syracuse, then to Illinois. I don't know necessarily what his chances are. The only thing I would add about that, John, and I was thinking about this as we were going into late day three of the draft, and it was, well, the Giants need a third quarterback. Do you draft one in the sixth or seventh round or not? And then I said to myself, you know what? You probably don't because your third quarterback isn't making your 53. He's going to be a practice squad guy anyway. So you might as well just make him an undrafted rookie free agent. Why waste a draft pick on that guy? Because if he really is any good and shows anything, he's going to get scapped up anyway. So make him an undrafted rookie free agent and just tell him, you know what? You're in competition to be the number three practice squad quarterback. That's it. Don't expect anything more because that's all we have. And you just say your prayers. That guy never has to start a game for you this year. That's it. Right. So that's my only thought. So I, I appreciate the fact that DeVito's a local guy. He's an Italian guy. I love it. Okay, great. But... You know, I I don't know that you would ever expect him to be taking a, a snap if he even makes the team. Yeah, I I watched Eric Gray a little bit, Paul. He is as quick as his oh, feet well. look like on on video. He is he is dynamic. His play speed, the key, and and I continue to everywhere I go, I tell people he's a mod Bradshaw without that second afterburner burst. I was talking to someone in the Giants front office today, and he said, I absolutely know what you're talking about. He's not going to give you that 40 or 50-yard run that Ahmad gave you, though, because Ahmad played faster than he timed. Ahmad only timed 4-6. A lot of people don't even know that, but he played fast. Gray's that way. 
He still doesn't have the afterburners, though, that Ahmad has. And I'm I'm just, I'm thrilled with him. You guys know that. I was really hoping we would get him. Yeah, me too. I was a big fan of Eric Gray, so I'm with you. All right, let's get to the phones. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Don't forget, go subscribe to our other podcast, the Giants Huddle Podcast. Uh, we do interviews with analysts. Now we're getting to the off-season mode, team building, Giants talk, uh, schedule release next week. Uh, go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app. And we have one more episode of draft season coming next week. We have our two draft review shows that are up right now with Tony, Pauline, and I. And next week, Paul, you get your homework assignment. Tony gives us the guys that he has first and second round grades on already heading into 2024. Whoa. Next year's draft. Wow. If you want to put a little watch list together for your college football viewing in the fall, <laughs> you can start doing that. That's that, a powerful telescope. Yes. That'll, well, you remember, guys, you know, there are, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., everyone knows he's going to be a top 5, 10 pick next mm-hmm. year. Brock Bowers, the two quarterbacks. There's a lot of guys that. You know, you know. Last year, we knew Jalen Carter was going to be a top ten pick before the year started. So we got to go through all those big names for fans to keep an eye on uh, as we hit college football season again. Go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a five star positive for any and all of our podcasts. If you enjoy them, that would really help us out. All right, let's get to it at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Tom and Stratford's up next. Hey, Tom. Hi guys, how you doing? Hi. Good show again. Um. I'll, I'll be fast because I know there's other people waiting. Um, I was just wondering, are the scouts different under um, Joe Shane's watch as opposed to De- uh, Gettleman's? They, Gettleman started moving some scouts in and out. Joe Shane has continued that. I'd say probably about half. I would say half the staff is probably what it was when, when, when Dave was that here. That sounds about right. Okay. Sounds about you know, right. Shane's doing a better job of drafting uh, the last couple of years. Yeah, Tom, so. remember, they, they drafted well. I mean... Dexter Lawrence was a Dave Gettleman draft pick. Andrew That's Thomas true. was a Dave Gettleman draft pick. Xavier McKinney yeah, was a Dave Gettleman draft pick. Like, they had misses, and Dave had other issues in terms of team building, but in terms of actually identifying and evaluating talent in the draft, that that wasn't Dave Gettleman's main issue as general manager. It was kind of the other stuff. It's like managing the salary cap and such? There are other things to general manager than being a scout. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey, another question. Um, I've seen Banks described as being either six foot two or six foot and like three eighths of an inch. Do you know which one is the correct? I can. I believe he was six foot and a half inch. Yeah, you know what's interesting though. Now, okay. I was told. Now, were you at the stadium yesterday when the guys checked in? No. Did you go over there? I didn't. No, that's right. You were off. Okay. The Giants brought in all their rookies yesterday. He was six foot and one eighth inch at his uh, at the combine. Right now, here's the thing that's interesting, and I and and yes, uh, the Beast uh, by Dan Brug- uh, Brugler, mm-hmm. Brugler in the Athletic has great great information. He's got all the combine stuff on everybody in there, so I, I trust that stuff. But the Giants brought all the rookies in yesterday over to the stadium, and they weighed them in, and they went through all the measurables, and they got Banks at six two. On on the roster they printed up this morning. Well, maybe maybe they measure them in shoes. Now, <laughs> may, maybe they do wear cleats at the times. I don't know the answer to that, but I know they came in for physicals and measurements yesterday when they signed all their waivers to come and participate. And the Giants always tell me every year they tell me the measurements that we put on the roster are the measurements that we do when the guy comes in, and they got him listed at six two. So I'm not 100% sure well, how tall he is. When we see him at the podium and I stand next to him, I'll be able to tell you whether or not he's 6'2". <laughs> okay. 
That's good. Is um, this just for the rookies this weekend, or are guys yes. like uh, McKesson, the ones who finished the, uh, on the IR last year, allowed to come in? No, the, the the practice squad guys from last year, like Thornton and Corbin and Polk, and you mentioned Pimpleton, those guys are also here, too. Okay. Do you think they're thinking of McKesson as a uh, eventual replacement? You mean uh, McKeithen? McKeaton's a guy who's going to be in the mix. I mean, he'll compete. But remember, he was a fifth. Everyone, I don't know why everyone assumes McKeaton's like this future. He's a fifth round pick. Guys, fifth round picks generally don't develop into starters. There's a possible sure, but let's not count on it. He. We saw him for like three well, practices last year. Where did everybody get this an idea that he's this guaranteed future starter? I don't. It's online. I see it all the time. I don't understand yeah, well, it. And this is nothing against him. I hope he does well, six, and it's seven, great. Who cares? There's a million. I, there's a million guys that are six six three thirty that can't play a lick. Well, I, I, I will say this to you, and John's right. Pump the brakes a little bit here. Now, David Deal, of course, was a similar guy who obviously thank did you, very Tom. Well. Appreciate the call. But McKeithen, to me, I think that from what I understand, John, they're going to try him at guard more than they are a tackle. They don't think he's a backup tackle. Oh, I would. Ju- I, I didn't even think about him as a tackle. Okay, I would assume he's a guard. Yeah. I think. I think he's a guard, mm-hmm. and I think from everything that that I've heard and I've said to, to the people out there, the idea right now is that Joshua Zuda wins that job. He's the guy who's got a little bit of a of a head jump on yeah, everybody they want else. Him, they want him to win. He's they, a third round pick. Of course, they want him to win right. that job. They want him to be the left guard. And and that's the job that's open, and that's where the competition's going to be. Glowinski's the right guard. I don't care whether or not you like him. He's the right guard. Yes, correct. That's it. Yeah. And so, McKeithen will have a chance, but I just think when you're talking about guys that are, you know, not even around four, but around five pick, those are generally developmental players. And he already understood. lost a lot of development because oh, he was hurt no all doubt. year last year. No doubt. So he's almost starting over here. Agreed. So... Let's, you know, maybe down the road, sure, who knows? I'm not counting the kid out. I think he's got ability and talent. But let's not just, you know, start throwing names out there no. for guys that should go check in and, 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 and eventually take over at starting spots. What you, what you want from him right now, the only realistic expectation is that he is one of the offensive lines still in the building in September. Yeah, That's you, all you, yeah, you just hope he's on the roster. That's it. That's 100% correct. That's good enough. So yeah, 100%. And if he makes the roster, I think that's a good sign moving forward. Yes. I'm with you. 201-939-4513. Doug, no, Julian in Hollywood, Florida. He's up next. Hey, Julian, what's going on? Doug, you'll be next. Hey, guys, how you doing? What's up? How are you? Not much, man. Uh, Thank you, uh, both of you, for covering the draft so well every year. I've been a longtime listener since, I'd say, since 2015. Um, Thanks for your interest. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You guys always crush it. Always crush it. it. And um, the draft coverage is always amazing. So, once again, just want to give you guys your flowers for that. Um, a couple things here. I know that I'll take these questions off the air. Um, I loved I loved our draft. I, I still scratch my head at why Hyatt dropped. I'm still trying to figure it out. I watched a lot of film on a lot of these receivers, and of course, I had some of them going higher than others. And um, I just didn't think that he would ever fall to the third round. I just thought he was a second round pick, maybe. I, now, Julian, but, uh, I didn't think he'd fall to the third round either. But I, I think we I think we've gone over the reasons why. And I think, look, Cedric Tillman fell to the third round. Hendon Hooker fell to the third round. It has everything to do with that offense that they run at Tennessee, where he didn't yeah. press, he didn't run a full route tree, and he's only 175 pounds. And can he? And he never faced press coverage. So when when you go through those things, it's things that make other teams worried. But his speed factor and his overall physical skill set makes you think that he can play up much higher than just being a third round pick. It's just going to take some development. Yeah, absolutely. And and that actually leads right into my question. Um, my question really was for him is actually to you guys is what do you think is in your opinion 
where do you feel like his closest comp is? Like, who in your mind is this the closest comp to Hyatt? And, um, you know, considering he's not like an ankle breaker, he's just a straight speed, vertical threat now, kind of guy. Now, the name that I've heard people compare him to, and this is not mine, other people have done it, and I think it's actually right on really, really good, is, is Will Fuller. If you remember Will Fuller, he was a speedster oh, for the wow, Texans. The yeah, yeah the where he was perfect. really good deep, really good straight ahead. And if you go back to the numbers, the Texans' offense and record really reflected whether or not Will Fuller was on the field for a couple of years. The problem is that he kept hurting his hamstring. That's and he can never stay on the field, exactly. Right. But I think coming out, I think that – and Will Fuller, I believe, was a second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. So well, Might have been a late first well, round. Maybe even a late first. So, uh, to me, that, I think, is a, is a good comparison for Hyatt. You sound like a young guy, so you probably won't remember Lionel Manuel from the Giants from their Super Bowl team back in the 80s. No, I don't. Sorry. Yeah, I, didn't Sorry. Th- I didn't think so. But <laughs> that, of us do. It's okay. It's okay. But anyway, I mean, from a Giants perspective, he probably reminds me a, a little bit of Manuel in terms of his stature, although he's got a little more straight-ahead speed after he hits that button that, than Manuel had. You were right, Fuller, 21st overall pick, by the way. You're right. First I thought so. Yeah, yeah, first, uh, late first round, I was going to say, yep. And then I'll just leave you guys with this. Um, uh, I'll take this off the air, but what do you predict will, by game one will be our starting offense from left all the way to right? Uh, thank you, guys. Once again, you guys are awesome. Appreciate it. Um, Who would play in opening day? <laughs> does, does, does he just mean offensive line? It means like the whole crew. I think he probably meant the whole crew. All right, but, score. Let's have fun know. with it then. Let's have fun with it. No, I don't right, care. Go. Let's do it. Go. All right. Um, let's do this together, and we'll come to a consensus. Or the line's that? easy. Thomas? Yeah. Uh, left guard's not easy. I think Izzuto wins it. I do. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. All right. I'll go with you on that. Izzuto, John Michael Schmitz, Glowinski, Evan Neal. Okay. That's not too hard. Though if Ben Bredesen starting left guard week one, that would not shock it me. It would not shock me. That would not shock it me. It would not shock me. Right. And I agree He's got to stay healthy, too. Remember. we got to agree with that. stay healthy. I agree so with that. that uh, okay, same page. Obviously, I think both of us believe Saquon Barkley will be back by week one. Correct. And he'll be in the backfield. All right. Now Jones. We, Jones, obviously a quarterback. Now it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to play like... Well, that's a good question. Week one. Are they in more 12 or are they in more 11 personnel? Who are you playing? That's the problem. Who are you playing? Uh, I, I can't tell you. Okay. We don't know. Let me, let me pick out a random What's team the on the schedule. What's the matchup? Let's say they're playing the New York Jets. That is the rumor. The rumor out there is that they're playing the Jets. I wasn't going to mention that, but that's it's why okay. I tried to do it randomly. But okay. We could say that. Yes, that's fine. We can say the rumor. And no, we there. don't have any inside information. We have but none. But that, that is that's the rumor. That's being kept under lock and key across the river. Yes. We don't have that. But that's the rumor. If it's the Jets... I'm probably going to stand up Waller as a big slot. I'm not going to play him a traditional tight end against the Jets. Okay, but you're going to have two tight ends on the field? Are you going to have Bellinger on the line? Or are you going to have Waller and three receivers? I'm probably going to go Waller and three receivers. Okay. Against the Jets. Good. So that makes it even tougher then. All right, so Waller's the lone tight end. Who are your three starting receivers week one? Hodgins. Okay, I agree. Slayton. Now, the question, we don't know if Wandell's going to be healthy. I think it's at least 50-50 that Wandell Robinson and Sterling Shepard are on pup week one. Better than 50-50. I agree. So let's slide them aside. I'm going to go Crowder. I'm going to, okay, this is interesting. I'm going to say, and this is where we're going to be different. I agree, Hodgins, because I think he's the one kind of big X-ish receiver you got. I mean, I want Campbell to be the guy, but I don't know. I think Paris Campbell in the slot, and I think Jalen Hyatt outside. Oh, wow. 
Okay. Okay. That'd be great. If, if Hyatt progresses so quickly in August that they believe he's ready for that load right away, that would be marvelous. Here's the thing, though. I just think he's going to be out there on, on the first snap. Oh. I, I, think, I think they're going to do a heavy, and I said this on the show the other day. I think I was on with Howard. I think you're going to see a heavy rotation at wide receiver this year. I don't think you're going to have more than one or two guys playing 80% of the snaps. Yeah, I agree with you. I well, think look at the Slane's going to get some. Campbell's going to get some. Crowder's going to get some. Wondell, when he gets back, is going to get some. You know, maybe Hodgins will play the most because he's very unique. But what if Colin Johnson's awesome this summer? Does he then rotate with mm-hmm. Hodgins? So, you know, I think, there's a, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go here. I think it's going to be a, a wide receiver by committee, for, for lack of a better term. I think so. I would say at the beginning, I would want the most experienced slot guy that I could have, though, in that spot just to start okay. the season. I don't disagree with and that. Crowder has more slot snaps, See, I think, than anybody else. I'm just not sure Crowder's making the 53. Well, again, the only reason I'm saying he will is because I think I've got two guys on pop. Okay. So with two receivers on pop, I think he's got a real chance to do it. 201-939-4513. I think, Paul, you make some very good points there. Um, Giant fans, take your fans to the next level of the season. Take a membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Doug and Glen Falls. Doug, what's going on? Hi, John. Actually, I called today because I... I want to give you kudos. I've never seen you a guest on another show, and I picked up that that big blue banner banner episode that you were on with Nick Flato and uh, I think it was Don Dan Schneider. Was it or Dan Schneider. Schneider? Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed. So kudos to you for being a guest on somebody else's show. No, I, I always I always like going on. I've been peppered with Nick requests this past week. I feel like I'm on a different Nick podcast every two days the last week. And then they always say, hey, can we do Giants for the last 10 minutes? And, and, and then they just pepper me with giant draft questions for the last 10 minutes. Of Let's all those keep spots the Knicks too. up for another month and a half. How about that? How about that? Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. Do you have any questions for us today, man? No, that's that was the big thing I wanted to get in and, and to tell, talk to you about. No. Have a good day. I appreciate that, Doug. Thank you. Wow. Call just for a compliment. I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> You know, you did really good on that show compared to what you usually do here when you're trash. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was waiting for that one. <laughs> it was real refreshing oh. to hear you actually do a good job for once on somebody else's program, John. Oh, thanks, Doug. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Marty and Matahawk, and he's up next. Hey, Marty. Hey, how you doing, John? We're great, Marty. Hey, What's uh, happening? Just a quick question. I hear about the centers. I hear about the guards. Uh who do we have that's our? Uh, who do we have that are like backup uh, tackles left on on our? Good question. Um, Corey Cunningham is he still on the roster, Paul? He is still he here. Is. Matthew Parrott is the other guy that I would throw out there as, as the as the swing tackle. Who else would you put in there? I, I'd have to. You have the roster in front of you. I'm looking right now just to see to make sure he's still here, and he is. Uh, Tyree Phillips. Yep, that's right. Who actually, I I think did okay in his in his duties last year. He wasn't great, but he was functional. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if if, if they had a couple of those extra day three picks that they didn't trade half of them because of the uh, and then they should have by the way if they didn't trade a lot of those day three picks. I could have seen them taking a developmental tackle late, like like Ryan Hayes out of Michigan, mm-hmm. for example, the big Michigan tackle. I think he went around like round seven, somebody like that. To kind of try to develop his parents only got what one year left. He's this his third year already or second year? Uh, his third year. 
He hasn't played three years already. 2021. 20 was drafted, 21, 22, yeah, so this 23. Is fourth year. This is fourth That's year. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so, man. I know it goes fast. Well, he was hurt for one of those two, remember? Yeah. So I think. I, you know, I think you're getting to the point now where you got to think about, well, if Parrott's gone after this year, just because of the contract situation, not that yeah. they're going to try to dump him, that you have to bring somebody in. Yeah, you might have to. And uh, But, but again, Phillips is a, is a young guy. Yep. He only came over from Baltimore after being there for a couple of years. And, you know, again, he's, he's an inexpensive guy. He's a veteran. They love his attitude. He's a really good teammate. Uh, you know, often we forget about him when we talk about the line because it's, uh, we know who the two starting tackles are. So we very rarely even discuss him. but and, and quite honestly, he's not exactly a guy who showboats around the locker room. He's very quiet, subdued. He kind of blends in. You know, you don't even think about well, him. Offensive tackle, I wouldn't think they're well, showboating around. That too. But you know what I mean. Yeah, 100%. I guess. I mean, you know, anyway. But yeah, Phillips is, the, Phillips is probably the, the odds-on favorite is the third tackle. Maybe you're ahead of Pert. Who do we have out on the field today? Anybody? Tackles? No, I yeah. mean it's just a bunch of trial guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's 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 nothing here that I look. I don't want to be disrespectful uh, to anybody who's got. A I, I will list the guys that are listed at tackle on the rookie roster just so you guys have the names. Uh, Keith Khalil, a tackle tryout out of Baylor. You have Brammer Jacob, a tackle out of Vanderbilt. You have Myers Austin, a tackle out of Memphis, and. Lytle Chance, a tackle out of Duke. Uh, all of them are 24 years old or older. Again, no disrespect okay. to any of them. Thank you, buddy. I would find it hard to believe Thank they're going to beat out the guys the Giants already have on the backup uh, list. Generally speaking, and this is just generally speaking, there's not going to be a lot of high potential offensive tackles on the undrafted free agent market. Because any guys with a mod and look, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being honest. Any guy oh. with a modicum of chance right. to make an NFL roster is going to get drafted. They're at a premium. It is a premium, even no doubt. And you know what? Probably more so than any other position, right? It's such a unique position with what physical traits you need to play it: length, athleticism, size. There's only X number of people that can physically even play that position. So mm-hmm. if you have half a shot of even being a, a third or fourth tackle, oh, they're going to take you. You're getting drafted, yeah. bro. <laughs> like I you agree. just are. Uh, it was very unique when Nick Gates was the starting right tackle at Nebraska, and the Giants got him as an undrafted rookie free agent, but the intention was always going to move him to guard. He was never going to play tackle. He was never league. really Correct. supposed no. to be a tackle here. And They used him there in an emergency when they right. had to, but that was not the idea. Yes. He was going to wind up being a guard once he got in. Yeah, tackle converts to guard. They will go to undrafted free agents. But that guys that you think can play tackle, they're not making it to undrafted no. free agency. No. All right, let's go to Wilson and Roxbury. He's up next. Hi, Wilson. Hey, guys, how are you? What's up? Hey, listen, uh, uh, you guys talked about Dave Gentleman, so I, I, I wanted to call up. Listen, Dave Gentleman, right, I think is probably somewhere, I don't know, maybe in Boston or whatever. Nantucket, nice probably, if I had to bet. He's probably sitting on Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket having a hell of a time. <laughs> listen, and, and, say, and saying to everybody, F, F you, everybody, because, listen, he, he, did, did he Wilson, have some bets? Wilson, 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 don't do that. Don't do that, please. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying because he got killed. He got killed a lot. He had some bad misses, but he, he listen, he picked up a lot of good players. Not only that, he got killed for not picking uh, a Sam Donald 
He, he picked Seiko instead of Sam Donald. They killed him. Then he got killed. Whoa, they, why did the Giants win that game? Remember they chased Young Bull? Chase Young turned out to be a bust. They didn't even, they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. And then because he, he traded back, they got, they got uh, Thibodeau and they got, and they got Evan, Evan Neal. So a lot of Giants fans have killed this guy. You know, like he wasn't perfect, but and, – and Joe Judge was pushed on him by, by John Mayer. He didn't want Joe Judge. Hugo, Hugo here's what I'm going to say, and John knows this. I'm a Dave Gettleman guy. Uh, have Wilson, been for decades. Wilson. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> The truth is, the truth is, Dave Gettleman's results were mixed. Yep. Now, where I stood up for him and defended him is because most people were so frustrated with how the Giants had gone downhill, they immediately wow. wanted to hang him by his toes, and he was yeah. proclaimed as awful, evil, and never did anything right. And, and, it's and not, that's wrong. And, 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 and by the way, Dave Gettleman did have the ultimate. Well, Dave Gettleman did have the ultimate decision on two coaches. John Mayer would not have forced him to hire somebody he didn't want to hire at head coach either. So that, 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 sure, that's John? not that. No, yes, that, that's not how Giants okay. ownership works. Uh, ownership, uh, okay, ownership had a very, 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 very strong hand in those two coaches, though, that he had. Definitely well, ownership had a strong hand in every got. coach that gets hired for every and, organization. And then the pandemic was also an issue, too. I don't want to go through all these no. things. The point is, if you're objective no. and you're telling the truth, Dave Gettleman yeah. had a mixed bag of results here. That's the truth. The people who wanted yeah. to crucify him were way overboard, but you can't necessarily. And I know I got accused of, like, putting him up in sainthood. I never felt that he belonged there. People came after well, me saying, why are you defending this guy? I'm simply saying objectively his results were mixed, and you better wake up and realize that. You know, last year when the Giants made the playoffs, we oh, have geez, the poster here. here. No, 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 I'm just going to say this. You notice our way poster <laughs> that the Giants put out last year? There's 11 oh, players oh. on this our way poster who were the 11 most important Giants to last year's playoff run. Do you know 10 of them were required by Dave Gettleman? Oh, and, I, and I don't doubt it. Just, just, just as a matter of fact, it's a fact. I'm not adding any adjectives. I'm just adding a fact. The results were mixed. That's it. Hey, look, they were mixed. All right, Wilson, finish Thank up. You. What else you got? All right. All right. No, no, no. I just want to say that a lot of people that killed this big gentleman, they didn't know football because, I mean, like I said, no, listen, no general manager is perfect. You got to get, you got to get lucky and draft Patrick Mahomes. Or you know, or what, uh, or uh, what is the other? Or Justin Herbert? What? They got to fall on your lap. But but uh, the guy, the, the, and you know, on talk radio in New York, he got killed. And I just I just wanted to call you guys and to say, put my two cents that no. it wasn't fair. That's Appreciate all. that, Wilson. Thanks, Thanks for Wilson. the call, man. Right, hey, look, and I'll say the same thing. When people have called about this before, I'll, I'll real quickly I'll say the same thing. Dave Gettleman was always a good scout. He was great at evaluating talent mm-hmm. and evaluating players. He was great here as a director of pro personnel. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that you know helped bring in. And I say help because it's not his ultimate decision. It was the decision of Jerry Reese and Ernie Corsi in those years. But that was his job to find the free agents, right, for the Giants to bring in. And they brought in guys like Antro Roll. They brought in guys like Chris Canty. They Antonio brought in guys Pierce. like Michael Boley, like Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Cree McKenzie, a guy no one Cree ever McKenzie, talks about. Very, very important. I mean, he started tackling for six years. Yep. So, I mean, you just go through the list. He's good at identifying talent, and he did a good job, in some cases, of identifying talent in the draft when he was here. In other cases, he had misses. Look, DeAndre mm-hmm. Baker, bad pick. Didn't work out. Yep. Big mistake. Traded up for him, bad. But we had people calling up, yelling about Dexter Lawrence at pick 16 or 17, whatever it was, for, for years. And now it turns out, with the right coach, and again, 
Dave Gettleman also bears responsibility for what coaches are in the building, too, because he's the one that general manager helps hire the, the head coach. You know, so there are things that he was good at and there are things that he was bad at. And all in all, the results weren't what they needed to be. And that's why a move was made. That's Correct. That's kind of the way it is. Mixed. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Dexter in Albany. He's up next. Hi, Dexter. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Paulie. How's everything? Hi. Good to talk to you. Hey, I got a couple questions. For, for, for one, one point I have is um, congrats to my man, Dexter Lawrence. My name Dexter too, so you know <laughs> I enjoy that. And did um, you get a cut I of that contract? To, <laughs> yeah, I give thanks. I give thanks to Mr. Patterson, Coach Patterson, because he did the same thing with Lendo Joseph. He's always produced good, good quality training. Yeah. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Good, good, good coach. Absolutely, yes, he is. great staff. And also, as for the schedule, you know what? We'll make a juicy first game: nine eleven, Giants Jets Monday Night Football. We'll see if you're right, Dexter. Um, well, you have to think about that. Uh, we have thought about that. There's a reason why we threw out Giants-Jets for week one. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, props to um, good draft, good coverage, and everything. And um, also, the situation with Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney. Hopefully, they get extension. I'll pray to God. I keep my fingers crossed every day so I can free up more money so that the cap right now for next year looked like under a hundred million. So that we in good hands, man. We in good hands with Shane. We in good hands. Look, Dexter, the bottom line, and thanks a lot for the call, man. We appreciate it. Is that they're set up well cap wise moving forward now. Now, here's the problem. After this year, you got a lot of spots to fill. You got your top starting corner, Dory Jackson, a free agent. You have your second best defensive lineman, and not by much, and Leonard Williams, a free agent. You're no longer have Dexter Lawrence as a free agent, but you have Xavier McKinney, your top starting safety as a free agent. And you're going to have to make really important decisions on these players. You know, Saquon Barkley's on the contract after his franchise tag next year, too. So, yeah, you're going to have a ton of cap space, but you're also going to have a lot of holes to fill and a lot of work to do in order to make this team good enough to compete and be in the playoffs again. Because I could tell you, like, if you just took this roster today, Paul, and you stripped it of all the guys I just mentioned not being on their contract— you, you you might finish in fourth place in the division. Yeah, it would be a problem. Yeah, this, so this is why Barkley's long term deal is more important about next year than it is this year. He's going to be here this year. He's going to play here this year. Yep. Okay, but a long term deal allows you the flexibility of using that tag on somebody else in twenty four. That's why Barkley getting a contract now would be really helpful. This year is this year. He's going to be here. You want that flexibility to tag somebody next year if you have to. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. That's why when... The, would, the, would you Do you think they would consider tagging Leo Oradori? They're a little bit older. You might tag McKinney. Yeah. The safety tag's not outrageous. You could tag McKinney. You're right. I mean, no, you're right. I think that would be the guy. If, if it was the reason wrong. why Daniel Jones signing was so important because right. they wanted to be able to tag Barkley. Right. Just play the same game now going into 24. That's all. Yeah. 201 939 4513. Let's go to Hugo in New Jersey. He's up next. Hi, Hugo. Hey, good afternoon, guys. What's up? Uh, you know, now that we're uh, done with the draft and things are slowing down a little bit, uh, I guess I'm going to ask a couple of questions, make a couple of points, I guess in inverse order of seriousness. 
Okay. So I'll start with something a little bit lighter. You know, that number 61 that was issued to John Michael Schmitz really mm-hmm. hurts my eyes. And, uh, you know, if Marcus McKeithen is not willing to give up number 60, which was his college number and Sean O'Hara's number, I would suggest the number 65, which belonged to Bart Oates. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is no offense to Bob Cratch or Chris Godfrey, who were guards, but, you know, I, I think he would look better in a number 65 or a number 60. And uh, What's wrong with you know, 61? He, real, no, it, it, that's, that's a guard. It, it, look, we're, we're, we, are, we are quickly approaching our 100th anniversary as a franchise, and I'm about legacy, and the long-term pivot guys I've seen are, were Bart Oates, number 65, and Sean O'Hara, number 60. Okay, I, wasn't okay. around, I wasn't around for Mel Hines. Well, Hugo, I'll tell you. Here's what you do. Go create a GoFundMe to, to pay Marcus McKeithen for his jersey number, and then maybe you can get it for John Michael Schmitz. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, man, this show has really deteriorated if we're going down to arguments about a jersey <laughs> okay. number of a rookie coming in. He, he, if Aaron, Holy he, he said it was in reverse order of seriousness. Yes. All right, so now we're getting it a little more serious. Okay, go ahead. Let's raise okay. your level now. Uh, Okay, now, you guys brought up some discrepancy in measurables, and I've been thinking about this for a little while, actually, because I remember last year, you know, Lawrence Cager, for example, was listed at 220, and I heard Coach Andy Bishop say he was in the 240s. I heard uh, Shane Lemieux say that he was playing under 300 before going on a milk diet, but he was always listed above 300. Right. There was this whole controversy with Aziz Ojolari about how much weight he put on, but he was still listed at 240. So I imagine there's a process where players come in, get measured every year, get weighed every year. Can't they we get weighed get every stuff? week. Okay, they get weighed yeah. every week. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know how yeah, often they... we just they... get accurate figures. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't believe the PR department goes and checks with the football no. staff to update the roster every week. That does not happen. Yeah, I don't know how often they do rotate that, the measurements, to be honest but, with but you. But what I do know is that the strength and conditioning coaches and the medical guys, they're weighing in these guys nonstop. So they've got yeah, the they've, accurate they numbers. They weigh in every Friday before yeah. every game. They get the accurate numbers, but they're not responsible yeah. to report them to the public relations staff every week so the roster can yeah. be updated. And FYI on Banks, because that was a question we got before, because the Giants listed him at 6'2 at the combine. He came in at six foot and an eighth of an inch. Right. Well, it was pro day. He measured at six foot and a half inch. So that's only three-eighths different. Something tells me if anybody was going to pump up his height, it would have been that the University of Maryland pro day. Yeah, probably. So my, right. my, again, my guess this is a guess. You might have been in cleats. Not cleats. They're not going to have him doing medical in cleats. No, no. He's sneakers. Yeah, you he might have some on. That's what the NBA does. The NBA, at their combine, does height measurements without sneakers, but the measurements that get listed for team rosters are heights with sneakers. So yeah. that, would be my, that would be my guess of how he added an inch and a half to get up to 6'2". And he also might, he, maybe they measured him at 6'1 and a half and they rounded up because they don't put 6'1 and a half on the roster. So I don't know. Or he puffed up his look, hair like Andre the Giant. <laughs> and, and look, I'm not, I, I'm, not, I'm not at all suggesting some sort of dynamic updates on these figures, but at least when the, play, when the training camp rosters put together, uh, at least let's, let's get that straightened out and, and at least keep those numbers out there for the remainder of the year. I know gotcha. Lawrence Cager didn't put on 20 pounds in the, in the six weeks or something. He played for the Giants, you know. So uh, that's all I'm suggesting. Okay, but, but not now a serious question. You know, given the draft and sort of the numbers at corner, I think uh, 
it was Howard Cross who made uh, an interesting point a few weeks back. You know, we signed that corner from uh, Detroit, Monty O, but when he looked at that guy's measurables, he kind of suggested that maybe a shift to safety might be in the cards. And given the numbers at corner and the departure of Julian Love, might might we see that player potentially in the mix at safety? Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't see a skill set is, is that of a safety. You know, he's not great with changing direction and, you know, firing off and things like that, which I think you kind of want for a safety. I see him as a press man corner. That's how he was drafted. He's big, he's long, he can run, but he's not super shifty with side to side. So I think uh-huh. he's a press man corner. I would be surprised if he shifted to safety myself. I would agree with John. And quite honestly, although you may not necessarily be impressed with the depth chart at safety, there's a lot of numbers there. Burgess, McCain, Owens, they just they just drafted. Uh, Trenton Thompson from last year, who actually had, had one game, I believe, when he was activated in Dallas. Uh, I mean, you know, and we mentioned already Belton and, and Pinnock, and I mean, there's a lot of guys there. There's a traffic jam. Okay. Well, very good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, entertaining my uh, not so not so serious. Call. <laughs> no, appreciate that, Hugo. Good stuff, man. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Oh, we got time for one more call. Let's say what's up to Bob. Is he ready there, Dom, or not yet? Tell Bob to stop telling you what he's going to say. He can actually say it on the air. All right, there we go. Here we go. Stop screening him. Get him on the air. There we go. All right, Bob and Binghamton, you're up next. We we got you on quick, Bob, as we're running out of time. Go ahead, Bob. What's going on? How you doing, John? Uh, I'm an old dinosaur, probably older than Polly. That's impossible. But, I don't know, but a question. Oh, for come you. on, Sonny, spit it out. <laughs> the guaranteed guaranteed money versus the total money of a contract. I noticed they gave Dex about sixty-six percent guaranteed money of the contract. Okay, they gave Lawrence uh, Lamar uh, Lamar about se- low seventies of his total total contract. Yep. Does the contract guaranteed amount vary very much with the position that the player plays? No, I think in in terms of the percent that gets guaranteed, you're talking about specifically. Yeah. No, I think it has it's relative to how good the player is. I think if the player is really good, you're looking at sixty to seventy percent. If the player is not so good, teams want the ability to get out of these deals without having a lot of dead money on the cap, and you'll have less guaranteed money. So I think guaranteed the per- not the total amount, but the percentage of the total that's guaranteed is a right. really good number to look at if you're judging quality of player mm-hmm. and youth. Because the younger the guy is, the more willing you're going to be to guarantee him more Agree. money. Okay, does it help the, the money that's not guaranteed? Does that help with the GM being able to manipulate under the cap or move the money into different years? Uh, yeah, to an extent. Um, a lot of times if you see a lot of non-guaranteed money on the contract, you might have a, a year at the end of that deal that a team you know, puts on there to make the contract look fluffy and look nice, but it, you know, it's not necessarily a deal the player is ever going to reach on said contract. So that, that can be a situation sometimes with, with non-guaranteed money, um, if that answers your question. Okay, good enough. And the last one is, if the, the union went to guaranteed contracts and got rid of this total amount, if a contract like Dexas for $66 million, or 66 guaranteed, $60 million guaranteed how much could that possibly be if there was no upper limit of the contract? I mean, what would they maybe give them? A little more, like $70 million? You mean if, if contracts were fully guaranteed you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- thanks for the call, Bob. We mm. appreciate it. Good question. 
I think what if the NFL ever gets the fully guaranteed contracts, I think you're going to see the contracts all be shorter. Yeah. I don't think— They have to be. I'm not sure the per years would necessarily go down. I think that'll remain consistent. But that Lamar Jackson, five-year, $250 million for 175 guarantee, whatever, you know, what, I'm, I'm ballparking it, whatever it was. You know, that'll probably end up being a four-year, you know, $200 million guaranteed or something like that. So I think the contracts get shorter because mm-hmm. they obviously you can't get out of them before they're over. Mm-hmm. But I still think the amount per year would probably stay steady, if not maybe even go up a little bit because you're getting the guys on shorter time frames. He's obviously trying to teach his grandson how to play football because uh, by the time he gets old enough to play, he wants to know if there'll be fully guaranteed contracts at all positions. And by the way, <laughs> I, and, and I think this is the thing too, you know, I thought I never understood the whole Lamar, I want a fully guaranteed contract because sometimes, even if it's not fully guaranteed with the way the signing bonus is done and then contracts are restructured, mm-hmm. it almost becomes virtually guaranteed. Because you have got players that have so much dead money on the cap anyway, mm-hmm. even if they have like a $10 million base salary, if, if you're going to have $30 million of dead money if, if you cut them, that $10 million might as well be guaranteed yeah, because the team's gonna never going to cut you anyway. Right. So a lot of times, uh, even though it's non-guaranteed money, if the players and their agents are smart enough to structure the contract the right way, Guess what? That money's virtually guaranteed anyway because there's so much backloaded signing bonus guarantees after that base contract year that a team will never cut them because it's going to destroy their cap. So I don't, I get why players want fully guaranteed contracts. I think it's a little bit overrated in this case mm-hmm. because some of that money, even though it's not guaranteed, the way these contracts are structured, Virtually is because teams are just not are yeah. not going to cut players. The only thing I would I would say to the caller, if you want to just keep this in the back of your head, whenever you see voidable year, okay, basically what they're telling you is they're just trying to spread out the money, yeah. helping out the team with their cap numbers. Because you can spread a signing bonus over five years if Correct. you can, but if you only sign a three year deal, you put two voidable years, so you divide the signing bonus by five instead of by three. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, no, and because the voidable year is basically a red flare. That's going right up into the sky saying, you don't expect that guy to wind up playing through the end of that voidable year. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but what happens is that when when the contract's up, the money in those two voidable years get accelerated into that last year of the contract. Right, right. But But the player doesn't see that money. That's cap. That's cap. That's cap. Expense. Well, they well they they already saw it because that they was already the, got the bonus. That was a, that, that's the money that was given in the signing right. bonus. They got the bonus Correct. money, mm-hmm. but the the voidable year money is a paperwork number that Correct. winds up crunching your cap that last voidable year. Yeah, the player was already paid that money. He already he already got that money. Yeah, that's already Correct. gone, buried. It's just a matter. It, it, it it's like if you're managing your checkbook at home, if you're on a business yes. and you're you know just want to put money in certain years to help your taxes with losses and stuff. It's basically the same thing. That's why I let my wife do all the banking. Yeah, I think you're smart about that. I'm very smart about it. All right, for Paul Dettino, I'm John Schmoke. Thank you to Dom. <laughs> Great for being with us all week. I don't think I'm going to be on next week, BBK. I think I'm going to try to take the week off if time and freedom allow. So you have a lot of Lance and Paul next week with a dash across in Casillas. Uh, Madeline will do a couple of uh, giant huddles for you. As I get some much-needed rest, I am exhausted. Um, that's why I didn't know I was on the show today. Shows I, I, I need to get the hell out of here. All right, and don't forget Giants TV. You get all our programming on there. It's the Giants digital streaming app. 
Uh, find it on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Giants mobile app. Go check it out. For Paul Dottino, for Dom, for Pearson, who's at a bachelor party somewhere doing who knows what in Las Vegas. I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>